everyone it's time for another episode of the ice cold takes podcast we're getting closer to hockey season as the rangers wrapped up their prospect development camp this week and announced their roster for training camp here to discuss this with me stat boy steven thanks for joining me how are you uh doing good um starting to settle down and i don't know if you know this but uh, a couple of months ago i moved from vienna to dublin oh nice yes uh, for a new job so and mm-hmm. that's that's not vienna virginia to dublin Ohio and I was like <laughs> from, from Austria to Ireland so um no it's it's been a crazy summer but all good uh very excited about the season finally or preseason finally kicking off this uh when is it is it this Sunday yes I am not sure I'm uh, gonna figure that out but are you gonna be doing your uh your normal routine for preseason games where you go to sleep early and then wake up like take a nap or whatever and then uh watch the game yeah, preseason games are I always want to see because those are the games where the prospects get a chance to play on garden ice, you know, like in in, a, in an actual NHL setting. So I, mm-hmm. two years ago, I flew to New York to attend to three home games uh, in preseason. Unfortunately, this year it's not possible because the travel ban is only being lifted in November. But gotcha. I'll be uh, I'll be gotcha. flying to New York in November for for two two and a half weeks. Attend, that's um, awesome i think i'm going to the sabers game uh home against the sabers and home against the islanders and in between i'm driving down up to hartford for a hl game well eichel's probably still going to be on the sabers when you go there but maybe not suited up for the game but he'll uh, be on their roster <laughs> interesting i read today that eichel might be stripped of the captaincy because he i heard be, i saw that too i saw that too physical. elliot friedman said that that's, um, uh, yeah. Preseason starts Saturday. The Rangers play the Islanders Sunday. This Sunday. So that's something to look forward to. That's exciting. Okay. That that will be good because I, I want to see I want to see more more of the young guns again. Um yeah. we'll talk first about the prospect development camp. So a couple of the guys that stood out to me, obviously Nils Lundqvist was outstanding. He played great defense and he chipped in offensively that second game. Uh, if you didn't catch it, the Rangers actually streamed their games, uh, their scrimmages with the Flyers. They played twice against them. Uh, two pretty good games. The second game, Nils Lundqvist had the game, game-winning game goal. It was a nice wrist shot from uh, up high towards the dots, and it, it was just a really good shot, and his defense was yeah. solid. And then uh, Will Cooley uh, impressed me too. Like He he chipped in a lot offensively. Payunemi was good. Um, Morgan Barron looked pretty solid, like pretty refined. And then Brennan Othman, he was uh, the youngest in the, the youngest out of all of those guys, right? Uh, yeah. Either the youngest or among the youngest, because he was uh, drafted this year, of course. And there were other guys in his draft class, like Ryder Korzak, Talon Boyko, that they are older in their draft class. So Brennan Othman was, was either one of the youngest or the youngest in prospect camp. So I don't blame Brennan Othman for not being physically ready to go up against Six eight Austin Rushev, who's two hundred and thirty five pounds. You know, it's right. Brandon Othman will get there, uh, but if you if you you mentioned Will Cooley, if you look at Will Cooley a year ago and Will Cooley this year, that's the type of trajectory that I see for Brandon Othman in terms of developing physically. 
All right. That sounds that sounds pretty good. We obviously don't know where Cooley is going to top out. But I mean, if he could if he plays like he, he played uh, in this development camp in the scrimmage, like, I mean, I, I see him going up, up and up like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. I like what I, I saw from him. I don't think he has top six upside, but probably he's either going to be an agitator on the fourth line or he's going to be a useful player on the third line with a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. And it's that's okay that he's point. not top six, top six, like potential, like, because we have pretty much all of our top six forwards are set for years to come. Yeah. I and mean, if it'd be nice. Rangers, if, if you look at the Rangers drafting the last 20 years, they never had an issue drafting their bottom six players. Right. You know, right. Paul Hagelin, Artemini Simov, uh, Jesper Fast, Dominic Moore. Callahan. They were always really good at that. It's just that yeah. they were lacking the top picks to to round out or to 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 fill those spots and that's what they've done the last couple of years um winning two lotteries of course with Kako and Lafreniere the year before Lafreniere uh, before Kako they drafted Crafts off ninth overall so now they actually filled out these top six spots and the only thing I wanted them to do is to still draft well enough in the later rounds to to fill out that bottom six and I think they've done a good job yeah, I, I think they've done a pretty good job. Some of the names, yeah. I don't know too much about the draft. I leave that to you and uh, and to our, our our 50th episode guest, Drew Way. He does all the, the, the oh, draft stuff. He, he fills, good, he yeah. Fill, yeah, he filled us in very nicely on on yeah. uh, the the guys like Svechkov that I have never, I have no idea who, who he is, yeah. but I heard that he's really yeah. good. Svechkov is probably the only player that I would have taken over Brennan Othman in that range. Um, hmm. Okay. I know Ranger fans are a little bit were a little bit disappointed with the Brennan Othman pick because we needed a center, but there are a couple of reasons why that doesn't bother me. The first one is that players drafted as centers often in the NHL move over to the wing anyway. JT Miller is a perfect example. Right. Um, so even if you draft a guy like Bolduc or um, Lucius, there's no guarantee that that player will actually fill one of your center spots when he gets to the NHL. Mm-hmm. But there's a pretty good shot that Carl Haglin, who was, oh, sorry, uh, Carl Henriksen, who was drafted as a center, will move to the wing if he cannot, if, you know, if once he gets to the NHL and he won't be able to, to fill those responsibilities, it's possible. Um, Svechkov is the player that I wanted there. I, massive Anton Lundell vibes for me. Uh, but Brandon Othman is a good pick because we still need wingers two, three, four years down the line. Chris mm-hmm. Kreider's uh, no move clause ends in three years. So now realistically you're in a scenario where in three years when Brennan Othman is NHL ready, he can step in and replace Chris Kreider once his no, no move clause expires and you trade him to generate some cap space to resign Nils Lundqvist, Braden Schneider, maybe Zach Jones. So Brennan Othman has, has a role to play in this team. Um, we could have we could have drafted a center, but Brennan Othman himself, 16th overall, was not a bad pick. Um, he played professionally in Switzerland last season, uh, partly because that was possible because he's dual citizen. His grandma's from Switzerland, but he played in the second tier professional hockey there, and he had a really good start, 15 goal, 15 points in his first 17 games. Then he cooled off a bit with zero in 13, but part of the 13 game stretch. The team had an eight-game losing streak, so I don't really – I don't know about you, but I don't expect a 17-year-old to carry a professional hockey team when they go through a dry spell. 
Um, so Brennan Hoffman, yeah, Brennan Hoffman's fine. You know, um, when when you play for Canada at the under 18s, Canada has such depth. You know, for those tournaments, you have to be good to 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 be part of that team. So uh, he has the talent. He brings a little bit of an edge, like Will Cooley, uh, and with him, Cooley, Berard, uh, Matt Rempe, Adam Edstrom. The Rangers have really shifted shifted a little bit in terms of who they target in the draft, and it's a smart move to do it now instead of earlier because you want to you want to get your top players, you want to get your your playmaking ability first because those playmakers last in the NHL fifteen to twenty years. Right, you know, guys, they're, they're the guys that age well, and the bottom six guys don't age yeah. as well. Exactly. So a guy like Patrice Bergeron was drafted in two thousand three. It's been 18 years, and he's still one of the top centers in the league. Mm-hmm. Whereas Milan Lucic or Ryan Callahan, you know, they were drafted after uh, uh, after Patrice Bergeron, and Callahan's out of the league. Lucic is well, not not what he's what he's famous for anymore. He's on his way. He's on his way he, out. He's much. on his way out. So getting those physical presence players later on in your rebuild is the is the is the the, the smart move. It's a smart way to go. Mm-hmm. And you could also do that through free agency. Those guys are always going to be available. But I mean, getting them while they're young is good too because it builds for the future. Like you yeah. could keep them along too. Uh, and guys in free agency might be asking for a little too much money because it's like an open market. Everyone's competing with each other, drives the price up. Um, but I forget, I don't know if it was Othman or if it was Cooley that said in an interview, they modeled their game after like Kachuk or Wilson, something, something like that. It, correct me if I'm wrong. Is, it was, that... it was Brennan, Brennan Othman models his game after uh, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how realistic do you think like he could turn into that that kind of play because that's that's awesome because i i love kachuk i always i wanted the rangers to get him this offseason if they didn't get eichel uh obviously didn't happen but i would love to see like offman turn into a player like that what do you think yeah well to me when a player says he models his game after someone it doesn't necessarily mean that you should expect that player to hit that same level um when i interviewed Ryder Ryder korzak a few weeks ago uh, he told me that he models his game after Braden Point uh, because he sees a lot of similarities in the way he plays and the way Braden Point plays. That doesn't mean Ryder Korsak is going to be a, a goal per game player in the playoffs in the future. It just means that they have similar styles. The same way Philip Heedle and Evgeny Malkin, if you put those side by side, they have similar styles, the way they play, the way they skate up the ice. Um, so when Brennan Othman says he tries to model his game after Matthew Kachuk, it's more stylistically, not necessarily upside. Ah, gotcha. So, so it's just based on appearance and stuff like that. Who he thinks yeah. he is, what it's a mental exactly. thing. Exactly. That would be nice. Yeah, it would. It would be nice if if he turned into something like that. But he doesn't need to. For me, he doesn't need to to turn into a top six winger. I I think like a middle six winger would be good. Look, and 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 Artemi Panarin's going to be here until 2020, 2026. Yeah, he's got so this was seven year deal, yeah, right? He's had seven years in 2019. He's going to be here for another five years. Um, interesting. When Panera's contract ends, so does Caprizov's contract. So maybe maybe there's something there. Um, <laughs> but Lafreniere still has two years left on his entry level deal, and then he has another five years before his UFA years become become relevant. So 
by the time Brandon Hoffman's NHL ready, we still have three years of Panarin under contract and still three years of Lafreniere RFA eligibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to keep the pipeline going. You know, uh, years ago when the Rangers were making the conference finals in 2012, the second round of 2013, Stanley Cup final in 2014, and then the, the conference final in 2015, the success on the ice was great, but it cost them because they gave up a lot of draft picks. They gave up some young, some young talent like Anthony Duclair and Tim Erickson. Um, and ultimately it led to your prospect pool being dried up, it mm-hmm. completely dried up. So they had to recoup some assets. You know, they had to start like this, this quick retool in 2017 that turned into a rebuild in 2018. Um, and you see this with other, other teams too. Other teams go through this. Um, you, need, you need to have players in the pipeline that come through. The Boston Bruins are starting to struggle with that now a little bit. They don't really mm-hmm. have the young prospects in their organization to replace a guy like David Krejci on, uh, with someone on an entry-level contract. A team like LA is ready to be contenders for the next decade. Ironically, the same decade, the Rangers are going to be contenders. So there is a pretty good chance we'll see another Kings-Rangers Stanley Cup final. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's part of the game, especially in a salary cap, in a salary cap league uh, that's focusing this much on the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, you, you see like what you were saying about Boston. They think they might have a chance of trading for Eichel. I can't. I just really can't see it because their their prospect pool is really shallow. It's just it's not as good as like what the Rangers or the Kings have to offer. So I really can't see. You know, them. The, the the bad thing for the Boston Bruins is that they had the, they had the opportunity to retool on the fly while staying competitive in 2015. Um, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. The draft picks. The only draft where one general manager ruined it for two teams, Peter Shirelli, because he hired for, for Buff for Boston, he hired the scouts that picked Jake DeBrusque, uh, Zborrell, and Zach Shinishin. Yep. They picked those three over Kyle Connor, Thomas Shibata, and Med Brazil. If they picked those three players, yeah. They, they rejuvenate their lineup and they're contenders for another decade. That's, that's, it's such a missed opportunity. And then, of course, Shirelli ruined the, the Oilers draft by giving up the 16th overall pick for Griffin Reinhardt, who was a year later picked by Vegas in the expansion draft and now plays in Germany. It was such a weird draft. Um, but the Rangers don't have that problem. The Rangers have young players in every position except center. That's something that they need to address, of course, but... That's something you can address either in free agency or in a trade. With all the defensive prospects we have, I don't rule out the scenario where they trade a guy who's NHL ready for a center, maybe an LA Kings center prospect like Rasmus Kupari or uh, Alex Turcott or um, what's the other guy I'm thinking of? Um, Oh, Gabe Velarde. They have a lot of center prospects and they could use a a good young defenseman. So it's a match made in heaven. We'll see if it actually happens. Or trade for Elias Anderson again. I'm kidding. Okay, don't do that. (laughs) I'm I'm not trading Will Cooley for Elias Anderson at this point. (laughs) 
that's that was the that was the trade, right? Yeah, it was Anderson for for Cooley. We we, we got the sixteenth overall pick, and we used it on Will Cooley. And and look, I'm a bit I I, I like Leas Anderson. I met him. A I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Really connected with him, almost on a personal level. So I was sad to see him go, but once a player goes, I'm over it. You know. Yeah. Um, to, earlier today on Twitter, someone someone was talking about Matt Zuccarello, and I said I I don't, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. Yeah, so, you know. I feel that way too. Like I miss Zuccarello so much. He was my favorite player, mm. but I knew he was going to get traded and it didn't hurt as much really. Like I knew yeah. that they needed to trade him. I don't I miss mean, Zuccarello. I miss those years of Rangers hockey. I do too. Yeah, exactly. I miss the 2010 yeah. to 2016 era of New York Rangers hockey. Mm-hmm. I don't miss individual players. I just miss that. It's like that team. It's like when when you think back to something in your childhood, like this this amazing drink you had as a kid, and then as a 30-year-old, you find it in a supermarket, you get all excited, you buy the ball, or you open it up, you pour yourself a drink, and it's disgusting. It's not the same. Yeah, it's, it's not the same. Different. It's not the same. No. I miss I miss that time. I, I miss that era of Rangers hockey because it was the first time, probably since 1997 the Rangers were actually competitive. It took them 15 years, the dark ages with Bobby Holik and trading away Brian Leach, which was probably the right decision just for the wrong assets. They, they wasted 10 years of new, uh, they, they wasted 10 years of Henrik Lundqvist's career. Mm-hmm. They had Jaromir Jager putting up, putting up hall of fame caliber numbers on a team that had one offensive line. It's ridiculous. That, that that first decade of the new century, the Rangers were dog shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 2010 to 2016, I, I fondly remember those days, even though it didn't result in a cup win. Yeah, it was it was just such a good it was such a good ride. And I'm hoping that this team that they've built from the ground up can can do that. I hope they could, like, find a way to become a family mm-hmm. and, you know, because that, that was the thing that I, I, I love too. Like, you know, they all, they were, they all bonded. They were one. It wasn't just the team. It was one. Like yeah. Richard, St. Louis, like that, that whole yeah, I mean, dynamic of Haglin, Zuccarello and Broussard. Haglin, Zuccarello, Broussard. Yeah. Amazing like, romance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, yeah. and then a couple of years later, there was another bromance, but that was Shea, Hayes and Vizia. And it just sounded like, it just sounded. I like don't remember that version. as it much. It sounded like a discount version of Zuccarello, Brassard, and Hagelin as a, as a grown mm-hmm. man. We yeah. we never got that magic back after twenty after twenty fifteen. Right. Yeah. That was it. That was it right there. I mean, it it just wasn't the same after that. No. But, but now I, I, you know the, the Rangers have a bright future. Um, forwards: Kako, Kravtsov, Lafreniere. Those three alone are reason enough for the Rangers to be one of the top teams in the next decade. Yeah, it's all about, it's on them. They got to develop the right way. I'm hoping they could take a step forward this year. Yeah. And then on defense, you have Miller, Jones, Robertson, Lundqvist, Schneider, and Skinner. Um, And then, you know, in the upcoming years, I'm a big fan of Ryder Korzak. I think Ryder Korzak is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, And the same way I was really high on Zach Jones in his draft year. Um, so hopefully, um, hopefully uh, it's, it has the exact same outcome. But yeah, the Rangers are going to be contenders probably in about a year or two, three, uh, and then hopefully be contenders for a year. 
But yeah. I have a question for you. All right. If I'm going to paint two scenarios, I'm going to ask you to pick one. Scenario A, um, you make the playoffs in 2023, you win a cup. Then you miss the playoffs for 10 years and you win another cup in 2033. That's scenario A. Or you make the playoffs consistently for a whole decade. You make the Stanley Cup final more than once, but you only win the cup once. That's scenario B. Which one would you go with? Do you pick the two See, cups? Okay. Or do, or I do thought you, you were going to put one cup. Okay. So I, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say like consistently, but no cup at all. Well, and that would be, that would be really hard because none of yeah. my teams have ever won. Oh, okay. So at cons- most we've consistent, been consistent playoff team for a decade, but no guarantee of a cup. No guarantee. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle 10 years of no playoffs. I don't know. Uh, the, the whole point of this rebuild is to not to win one cup. It's to be perennial cup contenders. That's what this roster is built like. So if we're perennial cup contenders and they did what exactly what they said this is going to be, I have no problem with that. So I'm going to take scenario B. I'll take it. So you're gonna you got a decade full a decade full of contending, uh, no guarantee of a cup. No guarantee. So that doesn't mean that it's not gonna happen. But it also no 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 no, no. But there's no guarantee. Or the other, the, I call it the, the Carolina Hurricane scenario. You win a cup and then you suck for a decade because that's basically what the Hurricanes did. Yeah, that's true. The Hurricanes. But like, all right. So with the six. with your scenario, are you saying like the Rangers are gonna? keep the team the same or blow it up and then in 2033 have it no, i mean different. To, to, to be to be contenders for a decade you're gonna have to retool sometimes you know like boston had to get rid of milan lucic they 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 had to get rid of certain players to stay competitive so the rangers if they want to stay competitive for a whole decade they're going to have to trade players that you might not want to see leave but for the greater good it's the right move I'd still, I'd still, I'd still be, I want to be competitive. I, 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 I do that. Like, cause it's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. You like all the times you, you like every year, if you're in the playoffs, it's extra hockey. Like that was the, that was the thing. That's what I miss. I miss being playoff. Like it was just like, no question of being in the playoffs. It's just how far are you going to go? Yeah. What's going to happen in this game? Who's going to step up? Like what's going to happen in this series? You know what I mean? Like just Getting to the the playoffs, I mean, for me, for this year, if this year it happens for the Rangers, that'll be great. But I don't expect anything from it. They're too young. We're still a little raw. Like, I, I understand that way of thinking, but I think they're going to make the playoffs because of so many reasons. Um, you remember everything that went to shit last season, right, with the Rangers? Basically, a, yeah. There was a fight in the locker room. Their number one center had COVID. Um, their 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 number two right winger, Kako, had COVID. Uh, Shashjorkin had that that weird groin injury out of the blue. That was that was a freak injury. Mm-hmm. Georgiev wasn't the same. Georgiev was flaky. You had to use your third goalie, Kincaid, to win a game here or there. Then your coach is out with COVID, so you have three strangers behind the bench which for some reason worked. Um, yeah. 
then you have the Panarin situation where he gets blackmailed by some reporter from Russia. Uh, you have Julian Gauthier who's being who's bouncing around, you know, the lineup. He 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 plays 10 minutes, scores a goal, and then he sits for five for five games. Uh, Brendan Lemieux uh, requests a trade. And then at the end of the season, everything goes to shit because Kreider, Lindgren, Truba are out with injuries. The Tom Wilson incident happens. Your general manager and president are fired in this in season. Mm-hmm. Now, look. What are the what are the this what are the odds that 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 all that happens again in one season? This 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 much bad luck is something a team usually experiences in a ten year span, or maybe a five year span. But the Rangers, unless you're the Mets, when it happens every year. Yeah, but the Rangers had it in five months. Oh, had all this happen in five months. Yeah, that's it was so concentrated in yeah. such a short time span. We just couldn't a lot of people just couldn't handle it. And and despite I mean, all that, but despite all that, we had a second year pro who won the Calder. Uh the Norris. Sorry. Adam Fox won the Norris. Ridiculous. Right. So the upcoming season, uh Capo Caco playing in his third season, Adam Fox in his third, Ryan Lindgren in his third, Shash Jorkin in his third. Kravtsov, Lafreniere, their second season. Our third pair on defense goes from, I, I, don't, I, I cannot remember, I cannot believe I'm going to mention these names. Smith and Hayek. We go from Jack Johnson and Libor Hayek to Patrick Nemeth and Nils Lundqvist. That's the third pairing. It's ridiculous. That's a significant upgrade, despite the fact that Nils Lundqvist has not played a single NHL game. Yeah, he our, our is line, young, talented, and yeah. he knows how to play defense. Our fourth line, we replaced Brendan Lemieux and Brad Howden with Sammy Blay and basically Ryan Reeves and, and then Kevin Rooney centering that line or Morgan Barron or Justin Richards. Doesn't matter. Still a major improvement. Dryden Hunt team, on the left or the right. Uh, Dryden Hunt's also, also in the mix, also in the hunt. Um <laughs> The only bad thing or the only negative impact was the Butchnevich trade. But I think Kako and Kravtsov's improvement in terms of production will make up for that. It seems, I keep saying, I keep seeing the ownership, like management is putting a lot on, on those guys, the younger guys to do that. Like they, they must, they had some balls to trade Butchnevich. They must have some sort of like high hopes, praise, faith, in 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 Kravtsov, Kako, Lafreniere, if they made that trade for Bushnev, trading away their top, their first line right winger, it was seventy, going to be who, seventy points, seventy. Who was points on pace for seventy team. points? Yeah, yeah. Who was on pace for seventy points? Right. So all that's happening. You're replacing David Quinn, who I was never a fan of. I just don't think he's a good coach, not for the energy. Mm-hmm. David Quinn's biggest biggest asset is recruiting. The one thing he excels at is a non-factor in the NHL. This is why David Quinn is a good coach for college. Because he recruits the best players. Great. Doesn't work like that in the NHL. You're mm-hmm. replacing with Gerard Galland, who in Florida worked with, uh, um, was it 19-year-old Barkov and 20-year-old Huberdo and 18-year-old Ekblad and 21-year-old Trocek? That's basically your Lafreniere, Kako, Fox, and Heel. That's, that's that core. Yeah. yeah. 
Then he goes to Vegas and he takes Vegas to the Stanley Cup final in their first year with players. And then like, made them and then kept everything together yeah. years after. They haven't missed the playoffs yet. Yeah. With with a team full of players that nobody on the day of the expansion draft, nobody thought they were even going to make the playoffs. Anyone who says who says otherwise either forgot what they were really thinking or they're just lying. Because on the day of the expansion draft, nobody gave gave Vegas a fighting chance. Because they they passed on all the good players that were available. They didn't get Josh Manson. They got Shea Theodore instead because they made a side deal. Well, give me Shea Theodore over Josh Manson any day. Now, four years later. Now, this is why the Vegas Golden Knights are competitive. Because they, yeah, of course they lucked out. But they acquired first-round picks. They acquired talent like Alex Tuck. And, and Shea Theodore that otherwise wouldn't have been available. But Gerard Gallant made it work in, in year one and two. And that's a guy that I trust with our, um, with our prospects. I, I like that. I like that thinking. The, the Florida, that's something I didn't even think about, that he was working with Barkov, Huberto, when they were first coming into the league. Yeah. And now look at Florida. They're pretty, pretty solid. Like, I mean, it sucks that they have to play against Tampa, but I think Tampa is starting to, you know, go downhill a little bit, maybe, because they lost they lost their like, depth. I've been, I've been saying the same thing about the New England Patriots for about a decade, but you know. the Patriots. Okay, well, you can't compare. Okay, so like the Patriots have been good as long as I've been alive, right? Up until like a couple of years ago, they were always good because they had Brady the greatest. Back. Yeah, because they had the greatest quarterback in of, of all time. time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, a pretty damn good coach, but I mean, it's pretty obvious that Brady was the reason they were so damn look, good. Look, until the moment Brady left, I always said, we never, we, we, uh, we just don't know if it's Belichick or Brady. But then Brady goes to Tampa and he wins the Super Bowl with Tampa in the first year he plays for them. Tampa was a pretty good team, but I mean, it was a pretty good team and he picked the right team to go to, but still. Tom Brady, and, and this is something that people will probably hate if they don't like Tom Brady, first quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl in, 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 his, in his home stadium with this team. He's earned my respect. I'm a huge Jets fan. I despise Tom Brady all my life, pretty much. You're a Jets fan. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. 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 So it's just it just doesn't get any better for me, but he has... 100% earned my respect. He's so damn good and he's the best core. He's undoubtedly the best quarterback ever. Like So before we circle back to hockey, the one one quick Tom Brady anecdote. When in 2015, uh the Patriots played the Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan. Uh, mm-hmm. have been since I think 2007. Uh two of my friends were watching a game Bears fan Seahawks fan Seahawks won and I said okay, I'll support whoever wins. <laughs> anyway, 2015, Seahawks against Patriots, and uh, and Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots beat the Seahawks with a goal line stand and Malcolm Butler with the interception. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it in a in a bar in the Netherlands, and um, on TV, like Dutch television, was showing the Super Bowl. They have a guy in the studio, and they're talking about Tom Brady, and they're referring to Tom Brady as Giselle Bündchen's husband. Because Giselle Bündchen is more famous in Europe than Tom Brady is. That's so funny. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that 
that that that's when it hit me. This this, this sport will never take over Europe. No. That's good. I like that. I like that. They're trying to get games in London and stuff. I mean, yeah. I was never really like. I like. I like to go to the games in London. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, the, I'm. Sh- the last thing I'll say about the NFL. This goes for the MLB as well. Um, I think it's weird you call yourself world champion after winning a domestic league. But. World, yeah, like, yeah, like for, for baseball, like hmm. it's only teams in the United States plus yeah. one in Canada, like, yeah. and then it's World Series champion. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I understand. I agree. I agree. I think I think that's pretty stupid. But the anyway, one the championship, I would say. Yeah, championship. You win the world champ- yeah. trophy, or what is? It? Is it the ambassador's trophy or the governor's trophy? I don't even know in baseball. What is it called? It's a World Series. No, I, I mean the, no the trophy. Oh, I have. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's called. No. Not that I. I yeah, I don't know. I've, but, I've been to one baseball game in my life, so it's uh, it's not for me. Yeah, baseball is not for everyone, I would say. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. But anyway, circling back to hockey. Yeah. Um, that, we were talking about the defense. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of guys that look like they are ready for the NHL or just one year away. Yeah. Like Matthew Robertson. Zach Jones looks, like, looks pretty good. He was solid in, in the development camp. Uh, Libor Hayek. A lot of people, a lot of people are just, you know, throwing him under the bus. Uh, there's Robertson, Braden Schneider. There's realistically, there's only one spot open. Like, like, all right. So I would say, I'd say Nils Lundqvist is pretty much a lock to make the team out of camp. He looks really, really good. He, like, he's the front runner for that spot on the right side behind yeah. Fox and Truba. Yes. And I think, I think Namath has to be the guy that he's paired with. It's just like. They literally, it's it's the well, reason. They speak, like he's they speak the same language. Yeah, yeah, there's some familiarity there. And he's Patrick, pretty good too. No, like he's not. Patrick Patrick ter- Nemeth is is probably what the Rangers thought they were getting when they when they traded for Brendan Smith in 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's keep let's keep Nemeth away from from parties and and weddings and stuff, and we'll be good. Um, no, but Nemeth played with Zibanejad at the World Juniors when they won gold. So there's some familiarity. That was a long time there. ago, uh, 2011, I think, or 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, but look, they 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 added Nemeth. They they wanted a veteran presence. They moved on from from Brandon Smith, even though I like Brandon Smith a lot. I did too. I liked him a lot. And Kapo Kako did a, an interview in Finland last week. And one of the things he said was when he arrived in New York, Brendan Smith was the guy who really took him in, who was driving him around the city. Um, so he was a little bit sad to see Brendan Smith go after two years. Hmm. It is what see, it is. I didn't know that. That's um, yeah. No. And th- this is, this is something that, that fans don't often know, you know, like it's, it's the players you don't expect that usually have the biggest impact on, on your, on your prospects. Uh, Chris Kreider, who in the offseason, um, you know, rents out a rink 
and invites Matthew Robertson and Morgan Barron and Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere to, to come skate in Connecticut with him and to come work out with him and Ben yeah. Prentice. Those are the guys you need in your locker room. Those are your, those are your leaders. And Brendan Smith was one as well. It's just something that fans don't really see because yeah. he wasn't a top player, so he flies under the radar a bit. But Capo Caco really learned a lot from Brendan Smith. Anyway, so now they have Patrick Nemeth on the third pairing. Niels Lundqvist is probably going to be paired with him on the right side. Um, but since, since, since your show is called Ice Cold Takes, um, I have one. And people are what? People are not going to like it, but I think Andre Miller will spend time in in Hartford this upcoming season. Wow, Oof, and that's pretty bold. I'm not saying Andre Miller is not good enough for the NHL. I'm saying Andre Miller is only 21 years old. He's still so raw and so young. The things he needs to work on. You have. A, I see you what have, you're. I know. I see you, what you're saying. Before you, you have continue, a better, like, you have a better opportunity to work on those elements of your game when you're in Hartford, where you only play on weekends, you have four or five days in between where with a personal coach, you can really work on that instead of playing in the NHL where you're flying to Seattle and then you're flying to Calgary and then you're on a plane to Tampa. Then you play one game back in New York and the next morning you're on a plane again. So that is part of the reason I think this, 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 this is going to happen. The other reason is, Zach Jones is, is NHL ready and s- smaller players like Zach Jones don't need the same amount of time to fill out their body. If you look at guys like Capocaco, Matthew Robertson, Chris Kreider, when he was younger, they are like freaks of nature at a lower level, but then to play the same way in the NHL, they need to bulk up. They need to fill out their frame. And Keandre Miller is the same way. Keandre Miller, like Philip Hedel, just needs to fill out that huge frame that he has. And we shouldn't forget that Philip Hedel uh, was also sent to Hartford in 2019 after he was was, NHL regular for a full season in 2018-19. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to, I was going to ask you. So like, you think that's something that could happen in spring in not spring training, because that's baseball uh, training camp preseason. Like if Keandre Miller doesn't show up for those games, like he's not, Look, he doesn't look good, but Jones does. You yeah. see, you could see them sending Miller down after it's, a full it's, season. It's a, possi- it's a possibility. Um, that spot is Miller's to lose, though. You know, it's he has the inside track. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's, Jones, he, Jones has to earn that spot as much as Miller has to lose it for it to happen. Yeah, I I, I agree. But I think I think thought. Miller did a lot of good things last year, but I did mm-hmm. see a lot of his a lot of negatives. Like he was a little flat footed on the power play. Um, he would make the mistakes defensively, where he again he would get caught flat footed. But he's, he's he's got such a long reach that he's able to make up for it. Like yeah. there's so many times where he he bailed himself out that like you couldn't even tell that it was a mistake. Yeah, and 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 going back to Hartford for a couple of weeks is not is not punishment, you know. It's not, it's not as you're not signaling the player, oh, you're done here. You know, the Hartford Wolfpack are an AHL affiliate, and their main goal, their main goal is not to win the the, the Calder Cup in the AHL. That's not their main goal. Their main goal is 
to develop players to make sure they're ready for the New York Rangers. That's their main goal. Right. So, and you yeah, do today, you it helps to be a competitive team down there, and that's how they do it. It does so, help to be a competitive team, yes. Um, but you know, it's not just Zach Jones that that could take that spot from Keandre Miller, it could be Braden Schneider. Braden Schneider and Nils Lundqvist are both comfortable enough to play on the left side. The way they move laterally, you know, it can it can work. Um, but again, I'm not saying that it's 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 a guarantee. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying that the only four spots on defense that are guaranteed are Lindgren, Fox, Truba, and Nemeth. They signed Nemeth for three years. They pay him three and a half million a year, I think. They're not going to send him to Hartford. They're not going to they can't nah, have just, him pass that's, through waivers and send him in Hartford unless he shows up at camp like 30 pounds overweight. Right. Unless like that what, what happened with Smith. Yeah. Unless that happens, Nemeth is playing on the third pair. That's that right. Miller Miller's spot is his to lose. Three years, two and a half million for um for Nemeth. Two and a half million. Okay. Yeah, they signed so, him for but still, years. still, that's pretty. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think they would send that. But down. Maybe that's, next year, but but not the year he signs. No. Not the he, year he signs. No, they obviously he, did it for right. a reason. They signed him. They signed him ideally to pair with with uh, Nils Lundqvist to smooth the transition because yeah. I remember them saying that. Um, when Kako first came over, uh, they, they, he, it was, it was kind of rough because like he didn't, no one knew the language and they had to hire Tuomo Rutu for the player, uh, for yeah. one of their roles on the front office, right. Player development, player development. Yeah. And Tuomo Rutu has moved on, right? Like he's, he's, I forget where he he's, I think he's an assistant coach for the Charlotte checkers now. That's, uh, Carolina's AHL team. Right. Not anymore. They they were the Carolina Hurricanes now have the Chicago Wolves as their affiliate. Oh, yeah, those things. I guess those change around for the. Uh, the Florida yeah. Panthers are now affiliated with the. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, so. yeah, but th- like they just didn't want to make the same mistake that that they did with Kako. No. Um, I'm just ex- I'm excited to see I'm excited to see uh training camp like uh those, these preseason games. I have no idea like how like how many starters both either like the Rangers the Islanders are going to start or, or play in the first preseason game. Yeah, so the first the first two three games of preseason is usually uh the top 6 will be NHL players and the bottom 6 will be prospects trying to earn their spot or trying to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the further you get into preseason, you'll see players dropping off they'll be sent back to their junior team they'll be joining the Hartford Wolf Pack or whatever and games four five and six of the preseason are usually the games where your NHL team takes shape um the the players like Panarin and Zibanejad those kind of players usually play two out of the six games in preseason that's right they got to keep them healthy you know they're going to make it they're going to be fine but they They have nothing to prove yeah they got to do their conditioning yeah. themselves or whatever. There's, there's two types of players that only play two, two games in preseason. The surefire starters and the prospects that are eliminated early. Mm. Do you know who gotcha. only played two games in 2019 in preseason? Brad Howden. And he made the team. What does that tell you? 
that he was a surefire starter. He, he didn't have to earn a spot. He, he was yeah. he was spot. Yeah. Somehow. 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 Yeah. That's just that's such a shame. Like that that was the McDonough trade. It's uh I mean, McDonough won two cups, good for him. We didn't get much out of it except Nils. Nils like Nils I mean, uh Carl Henriksen and Kala Weissenen, who we got uh who we drafted uh, with the yeah. fourth round pick that we got for Namesnikov from Ottawa. Right. Yep. That's true. Yeah, we did get Henriksen with the with the second with the second round there. And then um, the pick the pick we got for Brad Howden from Vegas is a pick the Rangers uh initially acquired in the Kevin Hayes trade in 2019. Uh it, it was, was a, that Winnipeg the Winnipeg yeah. fourth. It was a conditional pick from win from the Winnipeg Jets. And the condition was the Rangers would get that fourth round pick if Kevin Hayes signed an extension with them. But he didn't. He signed with the Flyers, so the Jets kept the pick, traded it to Vegas for Paul Stasny, mm-hmm. and then Vegas traded it to the Rangers anyway for Brad Howden. So that pick was traded to the Rangers twice in two years, the exact same pick. That's crazy. That pick <laughs> had crazy history, yeah. Someone's going to do like a trade tree for that, um, but... Uh, yeah steve dangle does amazing trade tree videos i know yeah he's he's very in-depth with all that the the rick nash one was great i have to i have to like watch that one again the rick Um, nash trade tree if if you watch it again or if people haven't watched it yet look up steve dangle uh, rick nash trade tree and when you when you watch it again pay close attention to the left side of the trade tree the columbus side of the trade tree because there are some picks in there that are related to the Rangers. Eric Ciccolini, Morgan Barron, Hunter Skinner, and Tyler Wall show up on the Columbus side of the trade tree because they are involved in Adam McQuaid's trade in 2019. <laughs> I completely forgot we had McQuaid. Yeah, we had we traded for McQuaid at the start of 1819. And then at the deadline, we traded, we flipped him to, to Columbus and we got some picks back for him. Before we uh, acquired Barkley Goudreau, Adam McQuaid was the last player with a Stanley Cup ring on the Rangers. That's that's nuts. Wow. So you go two years without anyone on your team who knows what so it's like we, to win a cup. No captain and no players with cups. You need to have those. Like people are like, no, no, you don't need to have. You do, you do though. Like it, you need leaders in the locker room. You need that stuff. Like I, I understand people like with analytics and stuff. I get that it's important. But I mean, I've come a long way since I started this podcast. Like when mm. I started, first started this, I wanted nothing to do with analytics. I hated it. I thought it's it was like, stupid. It's, it's like it's like it's like uh, you know uh, a class, like a class given a being given a school bus without a driver and nobody has a driver's license on the bus yeah like i mean i i get that i get that it it is important i see that they have a place in there but there are other things there like the eye test the eye test it does belong there like what you see it it has to translate you know what i mean there has to be a connection between the two and you know right and it, it like, also okay, so you can't just player. expect you can't just expect a player like Kako just to come over, like have a great season in Finland, uh, tearing it up, setting records, and come straight over. Never been to the United States before, doesn't speak the language, doesn't know a single player, a single person, right? His parents, he's never been away from his parents, 
and expect him to like, you know, just be the same player he was in Finland, just over in the United States. Like you can't just expect that just to happen just because he put up good numbers. Like, no, there's a, you know, a human aspect to it. I'd say like, yeah, other, other teams have that, have that are better prepared for situations like that. Um, And it is something the Rangers really missed when they started this rebuild. Because Kako wasn't the first person, the first young player to struggle in the Rangers organization. You know, um, for all the for all the criticism Leas Anderson gets, there were issues that went further than just a player. I'll leave it at that. But Vitali Kravtsov complained about a lack of communication. Julian mm-hmm. Gauthier was was unsure what his coach expected of him. Capo Kako openly criticized the coaching staff for having different sets of rules for other players compared to him. Um, this, this organization wasn't ready for a rebuild because they didn't understand what it takes for an 18 or 19 year old to move to another, another continent. They and understood the business aspects of it, that they yeah. needed to get younger, but they didn't understand, yeah. you know, that the people, the guys that they're going to be getting have to be, you can't just treat them like mm. like the older players or how you used to treat the other guys, you know? Yeah. There is a um, there's a team in the NHL. Um, they have been they have put in place a uh, a team psychiatrist who talks to the players. They have from each European country a consultant who is there for the players to reach out. They have from each European country, from the Czech Republic, Finland, Sweden, Russia. They have someone who helps these kids with their relocation, you know, who, who helps them, you know, find something. They, 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 their phones are on day and night. Um, and the Rangers were just missing that. Um, and if you, if you look at the other teams that have gone through a rebuild in the last couple of years, those other teams have been successful because they have a safety net in place for, the, for these guys. And this is not just with young players. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights made a huge mistake with uh, Vadim Shipashev that they signed in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, player from Russia, played for Scott, same team as uh, Shashchurk and Panarin and Bujnevich. Comes over to Vegas with his wife and his son. I think his son was like two years old at the time. And he uh, he told this story in an interview in, in back, in, back in Russia after he left that uh, his son was struggling to breathe in the middle of the night. They tried calling a doctor. The doctor didn't speak Russian. They don't speak English. Um, so they're panicking. They're driving around Vegas. They're, they're, you know, they're pulling over. They're, they're asking random, random strangers in the street if someone can help them. After about 30 minutes, uh, a police officer approaches them. And the police officer knew someone who speaks Russian. So through someone else, they were able to get the message across of what was wrong with the son. And they were able to get him to the hospital. And that's one of the reasons why Shipashev went, went back to Russia. He's had a really bad experience to the point where, you know, he was afraid he was going to lose his son. And I don't think people understand the, the stress and the pressure that comes with moving to another country. Because in those moments, and same thing happened, happened to Elias. You know, he had injuries. He wasn't, he wasn't practicing with the team. And he was alone in Hartford. He asked the Rangers if he could rehab in New York because he shared an apartment with his bandage out there and they wanted him to stay in Hartford. 
So he was isolated. He was lonely, and and it just it escalates, and you just you just lose control. Um, and and the most the the most seemingly insignificant things all of a sudden become these amazing these these incredible tasks that are almost impossible to uh, to complete. Like if you need ibuprofen, you know where to go, right? Mm-hmm. If you want some ibuprofen. Would you know where to go if you live in Sweden or Russia or Finland? Probably not. Okay, now imagine asking someone and they don't speak English. That'd be, that'd be crazy. Like, you know, I, I'd be screwed. Yeah. And, I'd um, be screwed. Unless, yeah. I, unless I studied the language beforehand, I'd be screwed. The LA Kings did something interesting last year. They sent a couple of their prospects to Germany. But what they did was very clever. They sent all these players to the same German team together. Uh, Akil Thomas and a couple of others. I don't remember the names of the other players. But they were together. They were in Berlin. So Berlin is, like, you know, a big city. And they, they, they speak a little English in, in Berlin. Um, but they had each other. You know, they had each other to fall back on. They had someone who was, uh, uh, who was their point of contact in Berlin. So they had a safety net to fall back on in case anything went wrong. That's perfect. So it's kind of like they they kind of threw them threw them out there just to figure stuff out, but they monitored it. They had safety nets. They had protocols, yeah, and, things and in place. And the Rangers have billet families, and the billet families do 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 great work. I will never criticize a billet family for the work the work they do, and the hospitality and opening their house to these kids, but. If you house a Swedish kid or a Finnish kid, can you find a billet family where at least one person speaks their language? Hmm. The other team I was talking about earlier with the, with the psychologist, they have billet families specifically able to speak the language of the players that, that they're housing. Right, makes sense. It's like- such... If you think about it, it, it's so logical, but, but for some reason, it's not as common as it should be. Yeah, I, I understand. Like, yeah, I think, I think, uh, well, now I think the Rangers seem, seem to have like a, an understand, a better understanding of what they're dealing with. No, no, no. It's, Hopefully. The, 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 the Rangers are like a toddler that, that, that burnt their hand on a stove. They learned the hard way. They burned themselves. Yep. They lost. <laughs> they, they lost Leas because of it. They they made some mistakes. Don't do it again. Just it's don't probably, do it again. Because if you do if you do it with like crab sauce again or Kako again, mm-hmm. it's a big big detriment to the to what we've been building over the past. Well, few you, years. you can if it happens to if it happens to two players and and you're unlucky that it's two really good players, you you throw away your entire rebuild. And unfortunately, fortunately for Ranger fans, they, they figured it out. You know, they, they learned from their mistakes, as we all do. And uh, they're, they're on track now. You know, they, they have Nils Lundqvist, uh, who is playing with Patrick Nemeth, uh, Capo Kako, uh, who's going to be there for Larry Pauniemi, who we haven't talked about, by the way. I want to talk about him for a couple of minutes after this. Larry okay. Pauniemi. Uh, He's either going to play in Hartford with Ryunanen or he's going to play in New York with Kako. Perfect. 
You know, there's someone That's a good point. there. Yeah. There's someone there that at least speaks their language. Because yeah, Ranger fans always talk about Mika Zabani that speaks Finnish. Eh, he, he speaks a little Finnish because his mom is from Finland. He probably speaks Finnish the way I speak German. I speak <laughs> German because I lived in Vienna for four years. But if I want to do a conversation like this, I still prefer to do it in English or in Dutch or in Afrikaans because those are the languages that I actually speak. Mm-hmm. Same with Zabanija. He speaks Farsi, he speaks Swedish, he speaks English, and he speaks Finnish, but to a degree. Um, and now Kako is going into his third year. You know, he knows the players. He knows, he knows the organization. He's, he's getting there now. He's 20 years old. And coming back to New York the third time is, is a lot different than coming to New York the first time when you're 18 years old. That's also a big difference. Um, so hopefully the Rangers, uh, yeah, they, they know what they're doing now. Anyway, yeah. quickly. Go ahead with Pai Nemi, yeah, because he, he looked good in, in, in development camp. Like, I really like his wrist shot. Like, yeah. He's not afraid Pai to shoot Yemi, the puck at all. Yeah. The thing with Pai Nemi is the things he's really good at are things that are really hard to teach. Um, the only question I question mark I have is if he will have enough space and time in the NHL to do what he does best. Mm-hmm. Will he have enough space and time in the NHL to get off that shot, that lethal shot that he has? If he does, if he, if he, if he can get that shot off, he can be a really valuable third-line winger for the Rangers, uh, comparable to Olofsson on the Buffalo Sabres. Victor Olofsson be, on Buffalo. That'd be He's, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Payu Niemi isn't there yet, though. He needs to work on his defense. He needs to work on his transition game a little bit. But the raw talent is there. We've all seen it. Right. And yeah, I don't expect people, him to make the team out of camp. But if people if uh, people have watched the the two scrimmage games against the Flyers, you've seen his shot. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty nasty. Look, there are some some under the radar players that could make the team throughout the season. Not 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 on opening night, but. Payuniemi, um, uh, I think Patrick Kodorenko is a candidate uh, to make the team this season. Um, might not play a lot of games, but near the end, if we have maybe a trade at the deadline or some injuries, uh, Patrick Kodorenko and Justin Richards are guys that are defensively responsible. They, they should translate well to the NHL. Mm. Um, and then, of course, Schneider and Robertson on defense. Uh, very exciting to see those two. I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to watching those two play this season. Uh, it's going to be a big jump for them to pro hockey, but um, Hartford Wolfpack will be will be very entertaining to watch. And I might, for the first time in over a decade, pay for AHL TV again. <laughs> wow, that's in- that's in- yeah. I have to. I don't know if I because they're gonna have some. They're gonna have a lot of guys on there yeah. that we've been looking at for a while, like uh, Schneider, Robertson, yeah. Reunion, and, and, and CHL, 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 same thing. You know, I haven't I haven't paid for CHL streaming services since 2011, when we had players like Michael St. Croix and Shane McColgan and Dylan McElrath. But now you have um, Dylan Garand and Will Cooley and Evan Veerling and Brennan Othman, Talon Boyko, Ryder Korzak, Jaden Gruby. 
there's a there are a lot of players in 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 major juniors this upcoming season for the Rangers that are interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I might just splurge a little bit and 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 get a membership for those two streaming services again. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't do C for me. I wouldn't do CHL. Maybe AHL. That would be that would be pretty cool. Um, Normally, I just I just buy the WHL package because I'm a Seattle Thunderbirds fan. But now with Othman, Cooley, and and Feerling in the OHL, I might I might as well just pay the extra, what is it, extra thirty Canadian dollars, and get the whole package. Yeah, I have I have no idea how it is. I have never bought like NHL TV or whatever. I just I watch it from uh, the cable plan or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, all going to ES- NHL is all going to ESPN Plus now, I think. Or ESPN player. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, ESPN, like ESPN has it now. So like they get the primetime games or whatever. They, they're they like the new NBC, pretty much NBCSN. Will there still so be that, games on, on MSG? Oh, yeah, yeah. There'll be games on MSG. They'll be like, they just get the rights to, ESPN has the rights to like the primetime games. So like, you know how there was, you know, the Sunday night, Sunday. Uh, oh, uh, Wednesday Sunday night rivalry. rivalry. Wednesday night rivalry. That one. Or like the, the Sunday afternoon matinee games, like th- those those would go to ESPN. And I, I, I think I, 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 I think I, I, TNT I think TNT has it. Like the the first Rangers game is going to be broadcast on uh, TNT. It's okay. uh, a Wednesday. It's going to be Rangers Capitals on TNT, I believe. For me, it's still going to be NHL TV because here in Europe, it's still the uh, the yeah. only streaming service that has the NHL gotcha. game. So nothing gotcha. changes for me, so I'm 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 lucky. Um, but yeah, NBC with their Wednesday night rivalry. I gave up on the Wednesday night rivalry years ago when their rivalry game was Canucks Panthers. Yeah, they they, they just did they didn't do themselves any favors whatsoever no. with no. with with that. I mean, uh, hopefully ESPN could market it a little bit so that that it becomes like the, like the positive. A, the positive thing about ESPN getting the broadcasting rights is that the 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 viewer base of ESPN is not predominantly made up of hockey fans, so you might be able to grow your product, increase your fan base as as the NHL. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have people who usually tune into ESPN for basketball and now they're going to see a hockey game. They might watch a couple of games and think, oh, awesome. I'm hooked. Um, I, I, I'm, I look forward to hearing Stephen A. Smith talk about hockey. Yo. That's going to be it. Yeah, I know. I, want, I, 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 I hope he's able to figure stuff out and like, you know, like, like I, actually know I what he's talking ESPN about. Because he's a funny all- guy. I just want ESPN to go all out and do what the NHL video games did with just, just invite Snoop Dogg into the studio. Yeah. Like go all out with that. Yeah. Have you played the NHL video games lately? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've played it. Yeah. I I know. I haven't, I don't think I played the mode where Snoop Dogg uh, is in, but I know of, of that. Like I know that Um, there's a lot of guys, a lot of like really famous people that are big hockey fans. Like Charles Barkley is a huge hockey fan and they brought NBC actually brought him on during the predators when they were in the finals, like in, during the intermission. Um, yeah. He's, he's a big hockey fan. Yeah. Um, Joe Buck, he's the announcer for like football and baseball on Fox. He, oh, he, uh, oh, is he came- the guy that always does the games with Tony Romo. Um, he does it with Troy Aikman. Oh, sorry, Troy Aikman. The, the other. Yeah, he's the guy that does it with Troy Aikman. 
they had a diff- the different Dallas, Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck look like father and son in that studio every time. It just yeah, yeah, Joe it's Buck a pretty iconic. Pretty, pretty yeah, he's a weird one, but he's it's a pretty iconic duo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I'm excited to see what what's gonna look like on on ESPN, like because it used to be there in like the early 2000s, late 90s, like um, it was like the NHL on ESPN. They had that theme music. It was it was great. Wasn't it called Versus? Versus that was before NBC. Yeah, Versus. That was a. I remember that. I only saw that for like. Oh, man, that was that was like I saw it for like one or two years when I first started watching hockey. Yeah, like it, like, it ended in like 2011 or 2012. Yeah, versus. like like mid mid 2000s. Yeah. The year. Year. We're getting off topic a bit, but I want to mention this. Looking back to these old games from like 2006, 2007, why do those games look like they're from the 60s? Like the camera quality is brutal. That, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. And then at some because point, it just if completely you look, changed. If you look at baseball, football, even basketball or soccer games from the mid 90s, yeah, you can see it's, it's like a decade or two ago, but you can still watch it without you know, without being annoyed by the lack of camera quality, but hockey games, dude, it's like, it's like they all recorded it in, in, in 200 by 300 pixels. Right. Yeah. It's how did we ever watch hockey before HD? Yeah. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. Like I was, I guess I was pretty lucky to always have the HD when I first started, but yeah, like that's just, I, when you see the highlights of the older games, like let's say go back to a game from 2007, it mm -hmm. looks like, like 240p, like, yeah, it looks like it's from the sixties, right? It looks, it looks horrible. There's higher quality footage of the moon landing than of NHL games in 2000. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. That's like, that's a pretty, that's pretty accurate. I'd say, I'd, I'd say that's, that's kind of spot on, but like, yeah, yeah we, we've come so far with like the quality of stuff. I'm just so happy that we have that now. Like we don't even have to worry about it. It's just. Yeah. The, the, the next big thing that I'm hoping for is, uh, you know, you remember the all-star game where NBC had like these player tags in on screen. Oh, the player tracking system. The player tracking system has potential if they can make it interactive. If uh, I stream a game online and I can toggle certain players to enable the tracking. Oh, that would be good. That, that would be, be good. Cool. Sign uh-huh. me up for that. I like that because like, like if you're, if you're scouting somebody, if you're watching prospect, like that could help for teams too. Like for like the scouting departments, like if mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out, all right, they're trying to look, you have to like look at the all right number twenty eight. Like you have to keep following him, and it's like he goes I'm, off camera. Yeah, for instance, I'm a I'm a big uh, fan of Anton Lundell, and you know, I would love to just tune into a Florida Panthers game, toggle on the player tracking for Anton Lundell, and just follow him f- throughout the whole game. Yeah, for each shift and stuff. Yeah, that would be good. I just I, the way they did it though, it just it. It, it, it's kind of sucked. Mm. Like it was just, it was all over the place. No, no, it, it's a feature with potential. Like I it said, it has potential. Yes. But like the way they did, it was just not, if it's it an interactive feature. I love it. If someone else is going to determine which player tags are on, then I don't care. Right. right. Still better it's, than the globe. Think... Oh yeah. 
I, I think that excuse, like the people, oh, I have a hard time seeing the puck. Like, it's not that hard, really. No, it's, I'll, 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 I'll tell you how I explain this to my friends because they ask me the same, same shit every time. How, how do you watch hockey? Can you even, can you even see the puck? And honestly, half the time I cannot see the puck, but I don't watch hockey games tracking the puck. I watch the play. I watch how players respond and based on how players act, you can figure out where the puck is. If you lose track of the puck, you can find the puck within half a second by just looking at what the players are doing. Yeah, that's pretty that's a pretty advanced way of looking at it. I, I've just recently in recent years started looking at, you know, the play away from the puck, like guys coming off the bench, if a guy's stick is broken, who's calling for the puck banging their stick on the ice, stuff like that. Like, that's what I start to see. If there's, like, a fight, like, as the puck's moving up the ice and it's, like, in the defensive zone, there's, like, a bunch of pushing and shoving, I would see that. Penalties, stuff like that. Yeah, and and this is is what I always like to focus on when I attend games. Um, You know, when I would go to Sweden to watch Nils Lundqvist play, I'd always try to get a seat behind the bench because I like to observe a player how does a player respond when he comes to the bench after a bad shift or if his team just conceded a goal? Because those observations tell you just as much as how many points or probably tells you more about a player than the number of points he gets in a game. Right. Um, like how they, how they conduct themselves in, if, yeah. in every game. Like, yeah. The points are nice, but like you want to see what you'll be working with for 82 games. But the NHL, if the NHL really wants to grow their their sport, if they really want to sell their product to a larger audience, they really need to work on some content, man. Because NH like hockey content is just non-existent. If you look at the NFL um, here in Europe, you just sign up for NFL Game Pass and you can watch all the games, and you get access to all this all the TV shows and documentaries they have, like a football life. America's game where they recap the season of the team that won the Super Bowl, you mm-hmm. know, NFL AM. If you sign up for NHL TV, the only thing you can watch are the games. You can rewatch old games, not, not even old games, just this season's games. You cannot even go back to 2014 and rewatch the Rangers against the, the Canadians in the, in the conference final, for instance, the NHL really needs to work on, marketing their product and there's so much potential look i know i know it costs money but come on well, we have billion dollar organizations in the league oh sorry mike i think my camera just went that's all right yeah uh there well, we go. I... um there's so many ideas you know like um um like instead of a football life uh you know a hockey life where your first episode, you talk to Wayne Gretzky, you talk about where he grew up, you interview his uh, his family and his former coach and his former teammates. Done. You can do that with Mario Lemieux. You can do it with Bobby Orr, Mark Messier, Jaromir Jager. Don't care. You can you can I can fill out twenty seasons with that content with that content alone. And I, right, so yeah, other, they just don't do it. They just don't. So do many it. other ideas. The Rangers had it with MSG beginnings, mm-hmm. but it's gone now. There's there's nothing. The Carolina Hurricanes, when they got the second overall pick and they drafted Svechnikov in 2018, 
they had four, four 15-minute episodes on their YouTube channel uh, called Inside the Storm. If you love hockey content, look it up and watch it. It's very interesting. They hmm. have one episode where they're in the room with the scouts. Then they have an episode at the Combine, an episode at the draft, and the last episode is uh, following Svechnikov the first time he gets to rally. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's stuff that the NHL needs to be doing, I'd say. I agree with you. Why, uh, why, why did the Rangers not give us this content when they drafted Lafreniere? That's so yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like they I know did there's it. a pan, I know there's a pandemic, but come on, you can do something. All we yeah. got was was a, like a 90 second video on Twitter. It's just so they, they could have done something with Kako when before the they pandemic. That was before the pandemic. They could have, but they didn't. Yep. Um, and looking at the at the camera work of the scrimmage game against the Flyers, man, that, that's just it's so piss poor. The, the Rangers just don't care. They, they right, yeah, it's like some guy shot it on an iPhone six, and then the the Flyers have this whole broadcast with with an announcer and and stuff like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Scoreboard on the bottom. Scoreboard on the bottom. Like the guy had to literally just turn and put put it up there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but you know what? It is. A st- I will say it's a step up from last year where we didn't have it at all. Yeah, because we didn't have any any development camp. That there was no development camp. Uh yeah. What? Whenever it was like they, I remember people were like complaining. Oh yeah, stream the stream the practices or the scrimmages or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and there's nothing. The only time we could see the Ranger prospects actually do something on the ice for more than thirty seconds was when they were playing in Traverse City. Right. But that didn't happen this year. But at least we had the Flyers with a decent broadcast. Right. That was that was good. I, I mean, that was good. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up. I think I think we hit all of our talking points. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I hope Nils Lundqvist sticks with number sixty-four. I yeah, know I, other, I, I know a I lot of Rangers your... fans want him to go with twenty-seven because that's what they're used to. But I like odd numbers, and there's never been a Ranger with number sixty-four in an official game, so he'd be the first. I like your thing. What you said, the N sixty four. Oh, yeah. that'll be his new nickname. He'll he'll be that's great after a console that was released four years before he was born. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's that's insane. I I was born the same month as as Nils. Um, actually, in the same year. Um, I'm a few weeks old, a few weeks older than him. Um, so yeah, four years before I was born, Nintendo sixty four, great console. But yeah. like that would be that would be great. I think. I think that would, that would be awesome if he keeps I, it. Like I, I, I did, I I did send him a message to uh, to to try and convince him. Uh, not not like that, but I said, hey, if you, uh, what I said was, hey, if you stick to number sixty four, you'll be the first Ranger ever to wear that number. So keep that in mind. So we'll see. I hope he sticks. I hope he sticks with it because yeah, I get. I I think that that'd be. A, there's a also number. there's also. What do the, they want? Twenty the Rangers fans want him to wear twenty seven because McDonald wore twenty seven. Well, no, because Nils Lundqvist wore twenty seven in Sweden. Oh, okay. But you know who also wore 27 before he became a Ranger? Morgan Barron. Yeah, I I had no idea. I didn't follow him. So if Morgan Barron goes for number 27, then Nils Lundqvist has to stick to 64. Yeah, it's good. I think 64 is fine. 
Just it as long as he doesn't switch to some some number that's like you know completely out of left field that none of us are like expecting, where it's like, oh come on, why'd you do that? Like sixty four is pretty good. I I think that's I think that's good. I like yeah, it. and you know I I like I like the high numbers that haven't been used yet, like seventy nine for Miller. Uh, Othman is gonna use seventy eight. Um, I thought Ryan Reeves was the first person with 75, but it turns out Brandon Halverson played half a game with number 75. But those numbers in like the 70s and 80s and 90s, they know in that range, there are a couple of numbers that haven't been used yet. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll fill that out in the, uh, in the in the coming years. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's all I have for this week. Stephen, thanks so much for hopping on with me and doing the episode. Um, this has been great. Uh, I can't wait for the Rangers to start, man. I'm so excited. Four days. Yep. Even if it's just preseason, but I can't wait. Uh, We'll see everybody next week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. See you all next time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.